Episode 28 of Vicious Talk with Benny P is brought to you by our one and only sponsor. Action for Education is a nonprofit organization run by a good friend of mine named Mike Mastriani, a former guest of this podcast. Action for Education works to create affordable, accessible, and sustainable opportunities for education in Western Honduras. Their mission is centered around capacity building and using resources from the United States to enable Honduran communities communities to succeed in their own ways. Action for Education is always looking for more help. They're currently seeking individuals to join their team on their next medical mission trip down to Honduras. It's a fantastic opportunity for any students interested in pre-medical studies to experience the positive impacts that medical clinics can have for people in impoverished areas of the world. For more information, contact my good friend Mike Mastriani and his team at info at action4education.org. And if you don't have time to join the team on their next medical mission trip, there are a number of other ways you can help as well. So to learn more, visit action4education.org and consider donating on their website to help their cause because every dollar helps. Thanks all for listening to episode 28 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. This is going to be a Super Bowl special preview with my good friend Jake Kelly. We're continuing our picks against the lines for one more week of the 2017-2018 NFL season. So without further ado, let's dive into this episode of Vicious Talk with Benny P. So today's episode of Vicious Talk with Benny P is going to be a Super Bowl preview podcast. Jake and I are going to be doing our Super Bowl picks for the final game of the 2018-17-18 NFL season. We've been doing our picks against the Lions all season long, and now it's finally come down to this. Jake Kelly, Jake, how's it going, buddy? Good, pal. Happy to be here. Excited about the big game tomorrow. Uh I mean, what more is there to say? You know, this is the end of a really good NFL season. Uh, a lot of a lot of teams, a lot of players went down, and these are the last two teams standing. Yeah, exactly. Um, we uh, we uh, had this whole tally going on kind of all season long. We uh, we included our playoff picks, and we actually uh, my, our schedules got pretty busy right around the time of the conference championships, so we weren't able to actually put a, put that podcast for. Um, for the for the listeners at Vicious Talk, but um, you and I kind of texted, right? And we had, oh yeah. So you had the um, you had the Eagles and the uh, Jack or the Patriots, right? Yeah, I had the Patriots. Okay, so you had the Eagles and Patriots. Uh, so you picked the two winners, um, but the Jags ended up covering. And I had the, the the Vikings and the Jaguars, um, and so we both went one on one during the conference championships, and we said we just include that. Um, but, but dating back to the divisional round, um, I actually went three and zero in my picks, um, and you went zero and three because that Vikings Saints game where Dicks where where Diggs had that last second uh, touchdown catch that was incredible, by the way. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, they pushed in that game, so. Um, well, we took the we took the spread at five. Um, it actually dropped down to four and a half, um, I believe. No, no, yeah, I think it dropped down to uh, to four and a half uh, right before the start of that game. So actually, I think the Vikings still covered. Um, 
but I know a lot of people took it at five and a half or or, or six um, before that, and so like that that yeah. extra point at the end of the game that they, that they just decided to take a, just take a knee on. They oh yeah, they, they could have kicked it and, and helped out a lot of the gamblers. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, though our cumulative tally on the season for uh, this year's NFL. You're at uh, 104 and 90, and I'm at 108 and 86. So it looks like I, I got you, Jake. <laughs> yeah, you did, man. You were really, really, you were considerably better those first few weeks. Um, and I just, I made up a lot of ground, but I, you know, got into the playoffs and it was tight. And being down a few games, had to make some risky picks. Uh, but yeah, that that uncertain early season, you know, first three, four weeks, you, know, you managed to really capitalize and build a lead that I just couldn't, I couldn't make it up. Yeah. It was a fun time doing it though, man. We, uh, I, I kind of surprised, oh, yeah. I was surprised was by close. both of us. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I think overall, I thought we both did pretty well. You just did a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it looks like I owe you a meal. So when we, when we hook up next, uh, yeah, we'll figure that out. Let's got fine details on that. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. <laughs> all, right. all right, buddy. Let's get into some of the Super Bowl preview stuff. Um, I thought it'd be fun to just kind of do a, like a general breakdown of the game. Um, we could go over our picks and then kind of go. We could go through to wrap it up. Just a couple uh, fun prop bets or something like that. Um, there are some. Yeah, always, sure. There are also always some fun um, props for um, the Super Bowl. So it's kind of funny how there's like there's there's hundreds of them um, every year. So we could we could go over a few of them. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Let's uh, let's look at this. So I figured we could kind of break it down like positionally um, and compare each kind of section of both teams. Um, I thought maybe yes. we could start. So let's just start like so. Let's see which team has the advantage and where. Uh, let's start with the defense here. Um, we'll we'll break down kind of a little bit of the the Pats D and the Eagles defense. Um, and so, who do you think has the best defensive uh, secondary, the, the Patriots or, or the Eagles? Where would you get that advantage to? Um, you know, I think this is very close, uh, personally. Uh, I've, I've been hearing a lot of talk from Philly fans, you know, over the last few weeks that they, that they believe the only advantages the Patriots possess are quarterback, tight end, and head coach. I disagree. Uh, I think the Patriots easily have the better set of cornerbacks. I would much rather be trotting out Gilmore, Butler, and Rowe over Mills, over uh, Ronald Darby, uh, and Patrick Robinson. I mean, they've got some nice, talented young guys in Jones and Douglas. I don't know how much they'll be actually playing this game. Uh, but I, I personally give the Patriots advantage a corner. At safety, I think it's much closer. McLeod has had a great year. Uh, Chung has been up and down over the course of the season, although much more up after the first month. Uh, and then McCordy and Jenkins are, are both studs. I, I think safety, very close. I think Patriots have the advantage of corner. And so overall, you know, looking at the defensive backs, I think I would end up going with, with New England. I think they've got a little bit more depth. I think they've got a little bit more versatility. I didn't even talk about Deron Harmon. Uh, I know some people, I've heard him described by some, in some corners as the human victory scar because of his penchant for getting those late-game interceptions to seal the game. Uh, I think I saw a statistic in his seven targets uh, throughout, the, throughout his playoff career. He, he doesn't get targeted frequently, 
But when he does, he's gotten his hands on the ball six or seven times. Now, that doesn't mean he's necessarily picked the ball off, but he's gotten his hands on the ball six of the seven times. Uh, so I think, I think the Patriots have a little bit more depth, uh, and I definitely think they have a little bit more talent at the corner position. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this, though. If you're asking me which, which defense, you know, by the numbers will look better at the end of the game, I think that's a different story. Uh, but that also that has much more to do with, you know, who else is on this defense, uh, particularly, you know, the front four for each of these respective defenses and how the rush and pressures really affect the game for the back seven. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm going to roll with the, Pat, the Pats defense secondary having a slight advantage as well. Um, the Eagles defense has been solid pretty uh, pretty all year long, pretty much all year long. Um, but man, that the 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 Patriots have really good secondary right now. Um, we saw that huge play from uh, Gilmore to basically put away the uh, the Jaguars last week. Um, that was an incredible yeah. bat down from that. He covered so much ground on those last couple steps. Um, and that was probably like the best Patriots secondary play we've seen since Malcolm Butler picked up Russell Wilson in the Super Bowl. Uh, was that forty nine? Oh yeah, forty eight. Um, but yeah, forty nine. Uh, okay, <laughs> so I was right the first time. Yeah, because but, because I know that Manning and the Broncos won Super Bowl fifty. Oh, okay, that big round. Right. I remember that. Okay, um, and then kind of my reasoning here, I'm looking at. Uh, the Eagles secondary, and I think that just comparing the matchups, um, I think that the the Patriots have more than enough uh, personnel to kind of cover all the weapons that the Eagles have on offense in the passing game. And I think that who I'm looking at this Eagles secondary, and who's going to guard Gronk? Like who? Who? who, who like yeah. who's, You know, do they have a, a guy who's Physical enough in that in that secondary to, to really shut down a guy like Rob Gronkowski. He was what six six, I mean uh, six seven or so, and he's like what two fifty pounds or something like that. The guy is a monster, and not many guys can guard him in the first place. Given, um, but the Eagles don't really have, don't really have anybody uh, like on his size level to um, really match up well. I mean, at least on a consistent basis um, during this game, they're probably gonna throw a lot of different guys at him. They're probably gonna have double yeah. double team him a lot, um, and so that's probably how they're gonna try to compensate. But it's it's gonna leave if they try, if they shut Gronk down all all game long with double teams and stuff. Um, it's gonna open up the door for guys like uh, Chris Hogan, Danny Danny Mandola, Brandon Cooks. Like those guys are gonna be susceptible to having a big game if they're in single coverage all game long. So. Um, I definitely yeah. like I definitely like the Pats secondary, um, just in terms of cap- uh, capability of of guarding and covering um, that pass attack that that the respective teams have. Yeah, and I'll I'll talk a little bit more about about my theory as to you know who may be guarding who, maybe what we'll see when we when we start talking about the pass catchers a little bit more. Um, but as far as Broncos, my. I think Malcolm Jenkins is going to draw Gronk. I think he's going to get Gronk one-on-one uh, a few times throughout the game, I, and I think he's the only guy that I, I would trust one-on-one against Gronk in the defensive backfield. Uh, I don't think either of the corners, neither of them, are in the same galaxy size-wise as Gronkowski. And uh, Darby's always had a rep for being a bit more of a finesse uh, 
a finesse player. He's he's really he's not an elite level tackler uh, and not a very physical DB. He he's much more skilled, very quick, has good ball hand, uh, good good hands for a DB. Uh, but not not really a guy who who you're gonna have go out there and out physical someone. So I know they're not gonna try to throw Darby on Bronx. Yeah. I think Jenkins. If, if anyone's gonna get a one on one, it'll be him. And then the rest of the time, I think we're gonna see more doubles, which might open things up for other guys on that offense. Yeah. Uh, sure. But I'll save that for when we talk about the skill guys. Sounds good. All right. So I figured we could look at the other part of the defense, the front seven, the D lines for uh, these two teams, um, and, and the linebacker core. Um, I think you probably have to get to get, give the edge to the Eagles here. Um, they this defense has been shut down all all playoff long. But the thing is with with this D is I I I wrote this stat down because it's it's kind of one of the main reasons behind my pick. But the Eagles defense so they rank fifteenth in in the league in sacks this year. They're going to pressure Brady. They're going to make it a high priority. That's what the scouting report is with the Patriots all the time. But yep. The, the the front seven, although they're capable of putting pressure on the quarterback, they haven't they haven't been one of the league's best this year. So that's just one thing. But the defense at home this year is a lot different than the defense on the road. So the Eagles' defense oh, yeah. at home this year is probably the best in the NFL. They allow about twelve point four points on um in in their home stadium in Philadelphia this year. But on the road, they're averaging almost twenty four points allowed on the road this year. So yeah. It it's a big difference, and and it, I think that playing in Philadelphia, in uh, Minnesota on the field turf um, in a dome is going to be a difficult task for that Eagles defense. And so, although I give the front seven um, the edge towards Philadelphia, I just think it's just kind of because the Patriots front seven isn't the most intimidating. Um, they're capable of having a big play. I love the addition, the late the late season addition of James Harrison. He really seems like he's Oh yeah, uh, he's come right in and, and fit perfectly into that, setting that edge for them on outside linebacker. Um, but I mean, other than that, New England doesn't have a have a ton of size on on defense in that front seven. Um, Look, Eric Blunt's basically the same size as as half those guys that he's going to be tr- trying to um, get past, and in, in those first few, the, like the defensive linemen and stuff. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, it, it it's not it's not that the Eagles defense. Um, has 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 an incredible front seven in my opinion. I think they're good, no no doubt. They have had a great postseason and stuff. Um, I just think that the uh, the Patriots uh, defensive line has kind of been their big weekends uh, weak weakness um, all season long. So, but what do you think? All right, I um so I'm very I mean I certain I absolutely think the Eagles have had the better front seven uh, going into this game tomorrow. Uh, linebacker, not the strongest position group for either of these defenses, uh, but the Patriots, I think, are, are worse. I, I think Van Noy is maybe the, the only back linebacker on the Patriots who could maybe get, you know, 40 plus percentage, you know, the snaps on the Eagles defense. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a big, I, I think Landon Roberts, you know, he could be very hot or cold. Uh, when he's on, this defense looks solid. When he's off, he's highly exploitable. Uh, and so he might be he might be the weak link on that Patriots defense, someone that they try to target, try to suck him in by firing into the uh, the gaps in between the offensive line and bounce the ball out. Uh, he's he's definitely someone they could try to target in coverage. I had already mentioned um, Chung was con- incons- a little inconsistent. I think he might be another guy they might try to target as well. 
Uh, but but Kendricks and Bradham for the uh, for the Eagles on the outside are, are very talented players. Uh, quick. I don't think they're they're the same caliber of player that the, that the Jacksonville Jaguars had at linebacker. However, uh, and the Patriots seem to handle that fairly well. And I don't see a whole lot of depth. Uh, I'm not really. I, I don't really expect Najee Good or, or Kamu Ruby or Hill to really make any plays. And so I think the Eagles. It's, they were mostly going to see Kendricks, LRB, Bradham. I'm not afraid of LRB either. I mean, a, a really brutally bad Saints defense uh, got rid of him a few seasons ago, and they've really taken off since. Uh, so I'm not. I'm not really a, a Danielle LRB guy. I'm not afraid of that guy. But uh, Kendricks and Bradham are quick players, very athletic. Maybe not Jacksonville level, but but very good. Uh, but the strength of this Eagles defense is clearly the defensive line. I think they run at least seven quality players deep, uh, from Curry to Jernigan, Graham, Long, Barnett, and, of course, Cox. Um, that's going to be the real challenge for the Patriots, I think, where a lot of these comeback victories they've had, uh, a lot of that came as a result of gassing out the, the opposing defensive front four. I don't think that's, that can happen with the Eagles, and so I don't think the Patriots can really afford to fall behind like they have in the past. Uh, looking at looking at these players, I really think that where the Eagles are going to try to target the Patriots will be over Joe Tooney and over David Andrews, two of the smaller offensive linemen for the Patriots. I wouldn't be surprised to see Cox sitting in the gap right between them or lined up head-on over either one of them to try to disrupt things in the middle and get some pressure on Brady. Uh, Graham's the sack leader, uh, but you know nine and a half sacks. That's that's a very good season, but it's it's far from an elite season. Uh, and the, the rest of the guys have had you know very good season. I think they're really a front four that's uh, that's greater than the sum of its parts. They're very talented, very deep, and uh, very diverse skills with a lot of these guys too. I mean, as for the Patriots, I agree with you completely on Harrison. Uh, he's been a very good addition, and he's had he's had very few hiccups. Uh, and picking up, you know, the bite-sized chunks of the defense that the Patriots have assigned him to learn. Uh, I, I think Van Noy is a very good player. He'll be competitive. Uh, and if he's been, you know, he earned that contract extension that he got as the season was beginning. And I think he's a very good player. I think Wise is supposed to play. He's a much bigger guy. I know you were talking about, you know, perhaps a size advantage for Philadelphia, but I think Wise will, uh, he's a much bigger guy. I expect to see Adam Butler a lot. Uh, undrafted defensive tackle for the Patriots uh, and easily their best interior defensive rusher if you're not counting Trey Flowers when you get to take to the inside. But, I mean, the X factor up front for the Pats is, is Flowers, and it has been all season. Uh, he, he doesn't get the same national love that a lot of other guys do, but um, he's one pressure behind the lead for most pressures this uh, for this playoffs. And I see the weak link of this Philadelphia offensive line is left tackle of Vitae. Uh, the rest of them are solid to, to fantastic, uh, whereas Vitae is like, you know, a surefire weak link. And so I, I think that Trey Flowers would, would be the guy to be lined up over him and see if they can really exploit that matchup. Uh, Philly might have to help him out with some running backs and tight ends, doing some chip blocks. Uh, or something of that variety, because I, I really think that's a guy the Patriots now plan on targeting. But ultimately, I agree with you. I think Philly, I think Philly is, you know, is certainly better than the Patriots up front on the defensive side of the football. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they try to pressure Brady. I think would be a middle. Uh, and yeah, I think I'll leave. I'll leave that my analysis of, of the defensive front seven at that.
Yeah, I agree. Um, this is why I have you on here, Jake. Dude, you, <laughs> I, I agree with your player analysis, but, uh, man, you you know the specifics of all these guys, and it's a great breakdown. I agree. Um, I think that it's going to come down to a lot of these individual matchups because the D-line for the, for the Philadelphia Eagles can can make this game for them. If, if they're going to win, they got to they got to sack Brady. They got to force him to throw in interceptions. They got to get fumbles from him, and it's gonna it's it's heavy on that on those shoulders for for those for those front seven guys of the Eagles, um, and we'll see what happens. Um, but I mean, going up yeah, against I actually, them. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so one one other thing that I actually I forgot that I've wanted to mention something for something for people to look for when the Patriots defense is on the field. On those on those early downs in the first quarters, look for where Lawrence Guy is. I'll be very interested to see if, how much they play Guy at defensive tackle early and how much they play him at defensive end. Uh, my theory is that that Guy, I think we we will see. I'd already mentioned Flowers can five side of the left. I think we're going to see Lawrence Guy lining up across from Brandon Brooks and Liam Johnson on the right. Uh, between Kelsey Brooks and Johnson, that right side is it's our it's. I think that the best offensive line as far as running the football goes, uh, those three are unparalleled. Guy is easily is Guy and Malcolm Brown are the two best run defenders on this Patriots team, and uh, Guy has spent a lot of snaps at defensive end, you know, scheme specific, of course, throughout the season. And I wouldn't be shocked to see Big Lawrence Guy lining up across from Lane Johnson to try to mitigate some of that advantage on the right side. And, you know, that would enable them to line up Flowers against the weakest player on the offensive line on the other. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's something maybe see uh, what, the, what the Patriots' strategy and their insights might be. I would look to see what's up with Lawrence Guy early in the game, and that'll tell you where the, where the Patriots are focused most. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, but going up against these defensive front sevens, we're gonna, we'll, let's talk about the offenses. Um, the O-lines for each team – I don't know as much about him as you do. Um, I just know that the Patriots have allowed less sacks this year than the Eagles have, um, and so that's kind of why I just I'm leaning towards uh, giving the Patriots that that advantage. Um, my 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 knowledge of of offensive lines is a little bit more limited, I'm sure, than yours. Um, but the the O line for the Patriots has been pretty decent this year. Um, I do know um, that they have they have one. Um, backup playing right. What's his uh, on the what's right tackle? No. Uh, actually, left tackle. They've got Vitae playing, and uh, left guards Wisniewski, center Kelsey, right guard Brandon Brooks, and right tackle Lane Johnson. All right. Um, do you have, do you have an opinion on these on this on this matchup here? Um, Eagles versus yeah yeah. So long. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll. I'll do the rundown of the Eagles first. You know, I, we got Vitae at the left. Uh, you know, he came in after the Jason Peters injury. Peters were playing in this game. I mean, everyone wants to talk about if Carson Wentz were playing. You know, if Peters were playing, you know, the Pats may be in trouble. <laughs> uh, you know, a stud left tackle, and he's being replaced by uh, an average to below average, in my opinion, left tackle. He he held up very well against Danielle Hunter last week in Minnesota. But, you know, they also got out to a very big early lead, and they may not have needed to run to, you know, they could become a less predictable offense when you when you have a lead. Uh, Wisniewski, he did not start the season as a starter, but he has started across his career, you know, starting Oakland uh, when he was initially drafted, and in, in Jacksonville he had a short stint as well. He played pretty well there. 
I think he's been a consistently underrated player throughout his career. Can play across the interior, tough, uh, and has family that played in the NFL before him. So he's a he's a bit of an NFL blue blood. Uh, in the middle, you've got Kelsey. Uh, he might be the best run blocking center in the NFL. Uh, he he he'd come out of the gates early in his career, played really well, and then tailed off a little bit. You know, in, in more recent seasons, this year he he showed up and played like the beat center. Uh, he can be a little bit. Uh, you can attack him a little bit in the passing game. I think you know with with a big with a big body. It'll be interesting to see if the Patriots try to do that, or if they, or if they try to target the left tackle a little bit more. But very stout in the run game. Brandon Brooks coming over from Houston, I think, has had a great year. Very good. You know, he's a very solid uh, B plus A minus type of guard. Uh, I, I don't think that he's elite, but he's he's certainly someone, you know, he'd be in my top 10 conversation at a, at that position. And then, of course, Lane Johnson at the right tackle spot. Um, incredibly good pass blocking this year. Uh, had had those, those PED suspensions in his past. Seems to have uh, overcome that. And uh, playing really well. He, he's probably the, uh, the most purely talented player on this offensive line. And uh, he's someone I don't think that the Patriots are, are going to get much out of that matchup. Uh, but looking at the, the Patriots offensive line, you, we've got Solder. Uh, Solder is solid, but my, my worry is that sometimes with these smaller, quicker pass rushers, uh, they can kind of dart in and around him. But uh, Solder should be healthy, and sometimes his issue has been health. And so that may not be as much of an issue. But So I expect Solder to have a, a solid game. Uh, but but if Solder Solder's a guy to watch, I think you know if he struggles a little bit early, that could really set back the Patriots' offense. Left guard, we've got Young Joe Tooney, uh, second year player, uh, fairly good player. Uh, he he's he's above average in, in both phases of the game, but but he can be exploitable, especially with those big defensive tackles, and that's my worry with with them lining up Fletcher Cox over Tooney. Uh, he didn't get exploited all that much last week, and they had to play Calais Campbell and Malik Jackson. Uh, so hopefully we can see you know him run that back. Uh, center, we've got David Andrews. Very good pass protection. Again, kind of similar to Tooney and pass pro. Struggles against the big boys when he's lined up one-on-one. Uh, so again, we'll see if the Eagles try to exploit that any which way. Uh, but Tooney, but uh, Andrews is a very good run, run, uh, run blocker. Kind of like a poor man's Kelsey, to be honest. I don't think he's and he's as good as Kelsey. He doesn't have a track record, but similar type player. Uh, then we've got Shaq Mason at the right guard position. Incredible elite level run blocker uh, and vastly improved pass pass blocker. And then at right tackle, right tackle is a big question mark for the Patriots. Uh, Lee Adrian Waddle had been holding down that spot since Cannon went down earlier in the season. Uh, but Waddle then got injured, and they've kind of brought in Cameron Fleming, who had been kind of fighting with Waddle uh, for the top backup swing tackle spot, you know, all season and all last season, really. Uh, both had played fairly well in their time starting at, for the Patriots' right tackle, hadn't been exploited too much by anyone. Uh, my question with that is, you know, how much of that is the scheme protecting them if they've been trying to uh, – Scheme some stuff with Gronkowski lined up, you know, next to those tackles to help them out, and how much of that has been them, you know, on their own, really just you're coming to their own and playing well. I'm not entirely sure, and I wouldn't be shocked to see the Eagles try to test them at that spot as well. Uh, so overall, I'd probably give the Eagles the edge with the offensive line. Uh, they may have the worst starting alignment, 
uh, of the two units, but I'd say that they, you know, between Kelsey, Brooks, and Johnson, that, that right side is very powerful and they'll be very tough to uh, expose. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll believe you. <laughs> you know a lot more about me, uh, about that, about the O-lines more than I do. Um, the only thing I thought was really cool is the Patriots didn't get – they got one penalty last week against the Jaguars. And so that offensive line for the Patriots didn't have a single holding call against them all game long against what was thought to be, like, thought to be one of the best defenses people have seen in a long time with the, with the Jaguars. Um, and the fact that, the, I mean, maybe the referees let some things go. I don't know. I didn't want, I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't really see anything specific that I missed during the game. Um, I saw one or two, but, but no more than the average NFL game, to be perfectly honest. And I didn't see, you know, the, the only, the penalties against the Jacksonville offensive line, I can't recall a holding penalty called on them either. There was the delay of game. And uh, and some other stuff, but I, I I don't remember any penalty flags thrown for holding about the offensive lines last week. Yeah, so that was definitely an impressive performance by the Patriots um, last weekend in terms of just like clean football, um, succinct and, and oh yeah, yeah, well done, well well executed. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, we'll get into the other parts of the offense because I just think this is where the Patriots kind of if if the O line for the for the Eagles is is uh, comparatively better um, than the Pats. I mean, when you break down the best QBs, I mean, you best like the best QB in the game. It's it, this is the this is the biggest discrepancy probably between Brady and Foles. Um, oh I mean, yeah, there's not, there's not much to say here. I mean, Brady, what is this his, his seventh Super Bowl? Um, how many yeah. how many playoff games? Like 38 playoff games or something like that. I think this is Foles. Like what, yeah, 20, 28 victories. So I mean, it's, it's not much to say. Brady's the goat. Foles is he's he's a backup playing decent right now. Um, he hasn't thrown any yeah, interceptions this playoff season, so that's kind of a nice for him. He had all he hit that he he had that one with the he threw up the guy's knee against Atlanta. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think um, yeah, there isn't much to say much to say about Brady that that people don't already know. Uh, with Foles, we we just have such a small sample size. He looked very he looked very good last week against Minnesota. Uh, statistically, I mean, he didn't cost them a game the game against Atlanta, but he certainly didn't help them all that much either. I, you know, I, I'm not impressed. You know, you can't put up more than 20 on Atlanta. Not all that impressive, but you know, he hasn't lost them the game, and, and that's really what they're asking him to do at this point. So. Yeah. I think the Patriots, I think their scheme is really going to be to try to force Nick Foles to win this game. Yeah, that's the only uh, thing I'm a little bit worried more. about. Because the Patriots did the same thing to Blake Bortles last week. So Blake Bortles, yeah. they needed, the Jaguars needed Blake Bortles to make a big play at the end of the game last week. And it seemed like I heard this kind of analysis breakdown, and I thought it was a great one. Um, the Jaguars last week, it seemed like they had 30 offensive plays, and then once they ran out, they just – they started rerunning them, or or just letting, letting Blake Bortles trying to have an opportunity to make a play, and he he's not capable of, of that kind of performance yet. And he would he, he was he was hesitant to throw the ball down, throw the ball downfield late in the game. Um, although he did have that one pass that was pretty decent at the end of the game, where uh, Gilmore batted it down on fourth down. Um, I mean, that, that was still an unfortunate play. I mean, he threw that pretty nice. 
uh, ball, but Gilmore made, made a great, a better play. Um, but I mean, yeah, I just think Nick Foles is gonna have a, uh, I don't know, he's he, he's just he's not gonna be hesitant to to release balls downfield. He has downfield targets and Ertz and and Alshon Jeffrey and Toy Smith. He, he, so he's he's gonna throw he's gonna throw deep balls. He's gonna throw uh, passes with intent to make some some damage. Um, and I think that's kind of be a little bit of the difference. So, if, I mean, I think Foles is a little bit better um, of a quarterback right now, at least this during these playoffs um, than Bortles. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be a, a little bit more of a test for the, the, the pass off um, defense. But I mean, you still by far you have to give Brady the, the huge edge in that in that uh, comparative analysis. Yeah. Yeah, in comparing Bortles to Foles, I think there are just a few a few significant differences, and you know, I, I definitely think Foles' confidence is on a whole never another level than Bortles' is. Uh, I think you know the, the team in, in the city of Philadelphia really rallied around Foles for sure, uh, and you know the expectations weren't very high coming into the playoffs after a few you know lackluster games in, in the late regular season. Uh, but I just I think the team has much more confidence in him, and you know Doug Peterson is a much more aggressive play caller too, and so I, I expect them to not think that they're out of the game, you know, even down a score or two early. Yeah, I, I wouldn't expect the Eagles to fold things up and, and, and you know call it a game. However, you know, in Bortles' favor, favor is his mobility, and I think that was something that the Patriots were really trying to account for with a lot of their schemes, a lot of the play action stuff with Bortles. Uh, a lot of like the fake option stuff, a lot of the stuff where they were bouncing it out with the running backs, uh, and a lot of that was really enabled, I'm sure, sure, by the fact that the Patriots were a little bit worried about Bortles' scrambling ability. You know, he had put he had done he what put up what on nearly 80 rushing yards against the Steelers the week before. And uh, while I don't think the Steelers are the best defense in the league, they're they're certainly a very good defense. Uh, I, I, Foles doesn't have any of that mobility. I'd be pretty surprised to see him get more than 15, 20 rushing yards tomorrow. Uh, and so that may play to the Patriots' advantage. And then, of course, I think the supporting cast, I think the Eagles are just, they're much better than the Jacksonville Jaguars everywhere else, aside from maybe less tackle on their offense. And so I, I think that that's just quite, the, and, and maybe running back, I mean, they, they certainly have a bit more depth, uh, and if they had Sproles, I'd say they probably are better at running back. But uh, I just think that Foles is going to have more support. He's a little bit more confident. He has a much better play caller. But the lack of mobility might help the Pats out a little bit, maybe simplify things for them in front. Yeah, sounds good. All right, who do you think has the best receivers, um, receiving core? I think you got to go with the Patriots, no? Are we counting tight ends and pass-catching backs? Yeah. All right. If we're counting, if we're counting them, then yeah, I probably would go with the Patriots. Uh, I don't see a whole lot of pass catching. You know, between Blunt and Ajayi, you know, neither of them are really pass catchers. In uh, the Pats, have had some difficulty scheming when you know when Blunt was the primary back. It was fairly obvious he wasn't going to be uh, running running routes or anything. You know, maybe he'd be helping with a block. Uh, and so you, you become a little bit less scheme versatile when you have both of those players in the game. Eagles are really going to miss Foles in that. I'm sorry, Foles Sproles in that regard. Uh, tight end, uh, the Patriots have the best tight end in the game and in the league. Uh, but I ever. really like what. <laughs> yeah, and I but I really like what the Eagles have at tight end. They have they have one Pro Bowl caliber tight end in Zach Ertz. Very very good tight end. Yeah, top four. 
you know, tight end. He's not Gronkowski, but I think he'll he'll present a lot of challenges for the Patriots. I expect Chung to uh, draw that assignment. You know, maybe we'll see some McCourty uh, if the Pats want to switch things up, maybe surprise the Eagles. As far as a wrinkle that I, I think maybe we could see in this game that the Eagles try attempts to use to catch the Pats off balance, I wouldn't be surprised to see some two, three, a lot of two, three tight end sets from the Eagles. I'm not sure how the Patriots are going to would try to guard uh, Ertz, Selleck, and Burton at the same time. That's a lot of size and speed on the field at the same time. Uh, and Foles really loves throwing to the tight end position. 46 passes to Ertz on first down. The next closest guy is Aguilar with 30. Uh, so I, I really think that Ertz, Ertz is going to be – he's the key for that offense. If, uh, if Ertz and, and maybe Aguilar, if they can't get much going in the middle of the field, then I think the Eagles are going to be pretty toast, personally. And I think they're going to get theirs and we'll have a close game. Uh, and then, of course, you got Alshon Jeffrey on the outside. He'll probably draw his, uh, his college roommate for four years, Stephon Gilmore. That's going to be a very juicy matchup. Both bigger, bigger dudes. I actually I expect Gilmore to have a good game. He's been very good down the stretch. Uh, incredibly good in the red zone and very good against the deep ball since the first month or so the season has passed. And uh, I think that's where Jeffrey usually sees his balls. So I, and Jeffrey hasn't had an incredibly uh, impressive season for him. You know, some of that may be due to the Wentz injury earlier in the season. And then I think we'll see a little bit of Torrey Smith and Malcolm Butler. I think that'll be a very interesting matchup. Uh, Butler's had an up and down season, but he could get heat and he could get beat by some speed. Maybe a double move to catch him, especially if he's looking in the backfield. But, uh, but I think like you had said earlier, I think the Pats will match up really well on that side. As yeah, for the Patriots sure. on the other side, I, I don't know who's guarding Amendola. Uh, I, I think they're obviously, I think we're going to see Darby and Mills are probably going to get matched up against Hogan and Cooks. I'll be interested to see to see how they decide to, to do that matchup. Personally, if I'm the Eagles, I try to do Darby on Cooks. Uh, I, I talked about how I think Darby is a very finesse player, uh, and while I don't think that Cooks is a weak player, he's a smaller player, and I don't think he would be uh, as, as readily able to exploit Darby as maybe a Chris Hogan, who's an incredibly tough run blocker, is. If we see Hogan and Darby early, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of short stuff to the running backs on that side of the field uh, to try to exploit that matchup. I think that's something to watch for. Uh, and then, you know, I, I don't see the point in saying much more about Gronk. We talked a little bit about, uh, about how the Eagles might approach that situation. But my X factor for the Patriots offense is Deion Lewis. Uh, the, the kind of prevailing narrative coming into this game is, you know, you drop seven and you rush four as the Patriots and you get pressure with four. And the Eagles have been the best pressure team in the NFL. And so this seems like the strategy they might approach, you know, they might try to approach this game with. But uh, what separates this Patriots offense from some of those other ones, they have, they have diversity with what they can do with the running backs. Uh, instead of being trotting out blunt and knowing it's a run or trotting out white and knowing it's a pass, uh, you've got Lewis and you've got Burkhead now, two very versatile backs. I wouldn't be surprised to see um, some delayed handoffs. I wouldn't be surprised to see some more. Like we saw in the Titans game, the fake jet sweep. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see more of that. I think they're going to do a lot of short stuff against the Eagles early with the backs and try to get them um, 
make an aggressive defense get on their heels and then uh, and then adjust from there. Yeah. And, and so I, that's that's how I see that shaking out. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think Deion Lewis is going to have a big game, but I think that someone who might even have a bigger game for the Patriots might be like kind of like a James White performance from last year. I think Rex mm. Burkhead's going to be a big X factor as well. I think Rex Burkhead's going to catch a touchdown or run for a touchdown, and I think he's going to have a big role um, kind of in this in this pass attack for the Patriots. Um, he's He's been a big part of their offense kind of late here. He's, he's caught a few touchdowns there. Um, in the last last few games that he came back from that injury, um, I think he's he's going to be a big part of what what their game plan is. But I just think with this receiving core um, comparison, I think you just have you have to clearly give the edge to the Patriots just because of the versatility of what they have. So if you take away Gronk, you still have Amendola, you still have Chris Hogan, you still have Brandon Cooks, you still have Lewis and Burkhead. It's like. You take away one, you still have you still have everybody else. I mean, he's and he's even playing. Brady's playing without his his number one wide receiver target and and uh, Edelman all season long. So it's like, it's just it just goes to show like it doesn't matter who you send out there with Tom Brady. Tom Brady's gonna make you look like a stud. So I I just think that the the receivers for the Patriots are gonna have a big game. Um, I like a lot of the overs on the receiving totals, by the way, like in the prop bets, but. Um, we can we can get into a few of those props later, um, but yeah, sure. let's uh, let's look at. So I mean, we'll do one more real quick. Um, who would you give the coaching edge to? I mean, you got to give it to the, the Patriots, right? I mean, Bill Belichick's the greatest of all time, probably. Um, and then you have Matt Patricia, who is uh, leaving for for the Colts job, right? And then uh, McDaniel's is yep. leaving. McDaniel's is leaving for um, what job is he taking? Indianapolis. Oh, Indianapolis. So, it, so McDaniel's taking in the Colts, and Patricia is moving to what? What team is the it? Lions? The Lions. That's right. Sorry about that. Yeah, Detroit. So yeah, they're both. And then, the, and then yeah, the, could... the special teams coach is leaving too, right? Uh, so Joe Judge, I know his contract expires at the end of the year. Uh, I haven't heard anything uh, with regards to whether he's staying, staying or leaving. I, I'm operating under the assumption that he's staying. I think Belichick might prefer to. Uh, to keep as many of the other coaches as he possibly can. You know, I mean, if Judge has a better opportunity elsewhere, I'm sure Belichick wouldn't stand in his way of, you know, pursuing that. But I think he'd prefer to have his third coordinator remain with the team. I know they've been grooming a, an assistant special teams coordinator for a while, but I think that, uh, that I, I wouldn't be shocked to see them get a deal done in the coming weeks after the Super Bowl. Cool. But, I mean, go, uh Going to the to the Eagles side, um, Peterson's been no slouch for them. Um, this, he, he, I mean, he's really proven himself um, as a worthy coach. I mean, a lot of people kind of, start, kind of started to count them, him and the Eagles out kind of later in the season. Once, especially once Wentz uh, went down. Sorry, like a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, the Eagles. I mean, if anything, once Wentz went down. Um, this coaching staff really rallied around this team, and they really, they really did have done a lot for them to put them in a position for success. Um, and so, um, the coach, the coaching staffs, they, they might be a little bit closer than one might think. Although the the experience suggests the Patriots, the Patriots probably have the edge just because of the experience and and just the overall ability. I mean, like knowledge of of the coaches, but 
the Eagles are no slouches, and they've done a a, a great job of getting their team here um, to the Super Bowl. So I mean, it's going to be kind of a clash of the Titans here. I mean, these are the two best teams left. Like I, I don't think even even without Wentz, the Eagles are they're the best team um, coming out of that NFC. So I mean. Um, there's, and there's a reason why the coaching staff has, has been solid for them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I give the Patriots a slight advantage because of Belichick, but I think that, uh, you know, looking at that Eagle staff, Frank Reich, the offensive coordinator, has been a very successful coordinator for a long time. Uh, he, he had been the OC of San Diego coaching up Philip Rivers. Uh, and before things kind of went south there, you know, he, he was getting some head coaching buzz at the time. And I think he's a guy who could eventually become a head coach. Uh, speaking of another guy, I mean, we have Joe to flip. We have their, their quarterbacks coach to flip uh, He had There was a lot of buzz about him, you know, potentially getting a head coaching job, skipping over the coordinator position. Uh, there's been talks about him being like the next Sean McVay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much credence I want to give that quite yet. Uh, they've done a, a very good job with Foles. I think Carson Wentz is just is such an incredible player. I don't know how much of that's in the coaching. And uh, how much of that has just been, you know, Wentz being a stud. Uh, on the other side of the football, you've got Jim Schwartz, who's been an elite defensive coordinator in the NFL for a very long time. And I thought he was a very solid head coach for the Lions in his time there. Uh, Schwartz, however, does not have a very good track record against Brady and McDaniels. Uh, Brady, for the, I don't think he's lost to a Schwartz team in a game where he played the entire game since 2002. Uh, and they've met up four or five times uh, with the Patriots averaging in those games where Brady completed the game a uh, something like 28 points. And so I, I think that, that Schwartz, but I say that with the caveat that Schwartz probably did not have a defense as talented as this one in those previous matchups. And so it'll be very, very interesting to see uh, the chess match between Jim Schwartz and Josh McDaniels. Uh, like I said, everyone knows that the four-man rush and the uh, seven-man drop is kind of going to be the go-to. Uh, people say that that's the blueprint to beating the Patriots. I would argue that's the blueprint to beating any team in the NFL. If you can do that consistently, if you can do that consistently, I, I, I would. I think you're going to win 90% of your games. Uh, so that just tells you how, how much how how easy it is to actually accomplish that game plan. Uh, it'll, and the thing is, though, is that McDaniels and Belichick and Brady, they know that that's, that that's going to be the plan out the gate. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if Schwartz has any wrinkles that he introduces early, whether he tries to do some DB blitzes, try to you know really mess with Brady, get him thinking a little bit more than usual. And it'll be interesting to see how the Patriots respond to that. My theory is that we're going to see a lot of short stuff to the running backs early. Exactly. Uh, and, that, and so that's, that's my theory. We'll see. That was something they tried to do and failed to do against Jacksonville in the AFC title game. Uh, but Philly is a little bit more aggressive and forward-pushing than Jacksonville. Jacksonville's got a lot of speed, and so they can, they can recover you know, and they can fall forward on defense. We'll see if Philly can accomplish what Jacksonville essentially did last week in forcing Brady to, uh, to rely on the deep ball a little bit more. So, yeah. But I think it'll be a check match, and I think I give the pass the advantage, but I certainly would take this Eagles staff over the Atlanta staff that based off against the Patriots in the Super Bowl last year. They're very good, and they're not to be underestimated. Yep, I couldn't agree more. I agree. 
All right, let's go into our final picks. We're running out of time here because I know we got to get you to your uh, your you got a, a law school study session coming up today, so I don't want to keep you too long. Um, I'll talk to you now. But uh, but yeah, let's go into these overall picks. Um, it looks like we both got the pats here. Um, just give me a final score uh, and, and and what you think kind of is going to play out briefly. Just give me a, a, a quick quick uh, breakdown of what you think. Yeah, I think the first half is going to be relatively close. I, I'd expect both teams to be in the low teens. I wouldn't be shocked to see a 14-14 score going to the half or a 14-13 score. Uh, but I think the Patriots are going to pull away a little bit in the second half. Uh, I think that they'll they'll make adjustments they need to make at halftime. And I, while I while I think that the defensive front seven for the Eagles has has the depth required to go you know for the full game, I don't think they have the DBs that like a Jacksonville has uh, to really put pressure on the Patriots by forcing Brady to hold on to the ball longer than necessary. And so my final score prediction is twenty eight to twenty one Patriots. Cool. Yeah, I'm going with the Pats. Um, I, I think the Pats, they're, they're over and under on their point total is 26.5. I think that's a pretty good a pretty good bet um, on the over. Um, I'm going to go with like a 31 Pats. Um, I think the Eagles might score like 24 points. So I'd be like 31-24 Pats. Um, All right. I think, I think the point ranges are going to be, I'm going on the high, high end of that. I think it's going to be the Pats like, between like twenty eight to thirty one points, and I think the Eagles is going to be like twenty one to twenty four. Um, yeah, just like high, I just like high scoring games, so I think it's I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the twenty four thirty one. Yeah, I think the only the only way I don't think Philly is going to win a shootout. I think they're going to need to keep the Pats under twenty five points uh, to, to really have a chance, and they certainly could do it. Uh, but you know, the stuff that we didn't say was that uh, a lot of that's going to come down to time of possession and turnovers, as, as could be said at nearly every game in the NFL. And uh, whichever team can be a little bit more effective in, the, in that regard is definitely going to have an advantage. Yeah. I, I think we're just going to see – I think we're going to see a lot of dink and dump um, from the Patriots. I think Brady's probably going to throw the ball like 50-plus times, maybe 55 times or so. And, I mean, it's, 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 if, if it was another quarterback throwing that much in a Super Bowl, you'd be a little bit worried. You'd be you'd be saying why is he throwing the ball so much? Like, do are they playing from behind and stuff? But uh, Brady's the greatest of all time, and I I, I I'm happy to, to put the ball in his hands over fifty over fifty five yeah. times for the game. I mean, I just think we're gonna see a lot of screen passes, a lot of pick plays for the Patriots. Um, it's gonna be get the ball out of Brady's hand for most of the most of the game, and then they're gonna kind of lull that that. that Philadelphia defense is asleep, and they're going to take a shot downfield up the middle with Gronk or down the sidelines with Cooks or Hogan or something. And so, um, but I think the prim- the primary attack is going to be short yardage with with plays to Amendola uh, to the backs, Burkhead and Lewis. Um, and I, I think that we're going to see um, kind of that that Pat's passing def- um, pa- passing attack um, really kind of pick apart the Eagles defense and, and just keep them on their on their heels all all night long. Yep. All right. I, all I could say outside of that is I think it's going to be a very good game. It'll be entertaining again. Yeah, couldn't agree more. All right, let's let's run through like a speed run of prop bets. All right, just give me – you don't need to give me too much reasoning. Just give me what you think. All right? So if you uh, – go, go let's, let's go with the MVP first. So MVP, uh, Brady's obviously the favorite. He's at minus 130. Um, Foles at plus 350. Gronk uh, plus 1,500. 
uh, Dion Lewis, Brandon Cooks. Um, who do you think would be the MB- is going to be the MVP here? I think it'll be Brady. Uh, if the Patriots win, it will likely be Brady. You know, even if it's close, he, he's going to be the one who would get it. Uh, if it, if the Eagles do come out with a victory, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and, and just throw down out Zach Ertz's name. I think if he has a great game, I could okay. see the Eagles win it. And, you know, that would be my pick. Yeah. I'm going to go with Brady, too. Um, but if I had to make two bets, I might look at a defensive player for the Eagles because if the Eagles win, it's clearly going to be a defense – uh, the defense for the Eagles clearly is going to come out. Is going to have to come to play, um, and so we've seen some recent years um, Super Bowl MVPs over like linebackers, um, and so I yeah. think maybe we might see like a Chris Long, um, a Fletcher Cox. Brandon those guys Graham. are more yeah yeah. So those guys are more um, defensive line, but yeah, Brandon Graham. We might see a big game out of one of those guys. Maybe like a fumble recovery for a touchdown or a pick six or something like that. Um, and so something like that think can maybe get get the get the Eagles uh, going for sure. All right, let's go to the next one though. Um, who would you pick for the first touchdown of the game? Um, it looks like I'll give you the odds real quick. So Gronk's plus six fifty, uh, Ertz plus seven fifty, Cooks plus seven uh, fifty, Alshon Jeffrey plus eight hundred, Ajayi plus eight hundred, Aguilar plus eight fifty. What do you think? For the Eagles, I think I like Ajayi. I think they'll try to get it, get it to him in the red zone and try to push the ball. For the Pats, I'm going to go with Danny Playoff and Amendola. Oh, that's one of the props too, actually, whether or not um, Chris Collinsworth or Al Michaels say Danny Playoff. <laughs> I think I think one of them will. I would I would put some money on that. <laughs> All right. I'd go with the two tight ends. I'd put some money on Gronk and Nertz. I think that um, it's going to be a tight end game here for these two teams. All right. Um, where will, will there be three unanswered scores from either team? I think this has happened in seven of the last nine Super Bowls. So it's, it sounds a little bit, wow. it sounds a little bit like a, like a daunting task scoring three times in a row. Um, but it, it's happened a lot in, in the past in, in Super Bowls. I mean, it, it kind of just seems like scoring comes in bunches, um, in these games. Yeah. Um, I heard, I heard this was a smart bet that, uh, three on un, three unanswered in a row. What do you think? What do you think? Uh, I'll probably go against, and I, I see that trend is, is troubling for me going against, but uh, I think it's going to be back and forth tomorrow night. All right. I hope so. All right. <laughs> um, total touchdowns, five and a half. What do you think about that one? Uh, I'm going to go based on my score prediction. You know, that would be four, seven touchdowns, so I'm going to go over. Cool. Yeah, I'll go over too. Um, I just I'm, I want to root for a high-scoring game for sure. All right, will, will the Patriots convert a fourth down? Um, I'm going to go yes on this. The Patriots, I think it, they have uh, a converted fourth down in, like, uh, I think four of their last six, I mean, other six Super Bowls with Brady and Belichick. Um, they go for it a lot. I mean, this this, this is going to be in play if the Patriots are up by 30 points, and and they're they're two yards away from the fourth, from the first down yard. So it's like this, this is going to be in play all night. Um, I like the chances that this happening. Uh, I, I, I would put money on on Pat's converting a fourth. What do you think? Yes, I, I think so. I, if they fall behind, I, I practically guarantee it. Uh, and I wouldn't be shocked to see them do something aggressive early in the game if they get in the right the right spot on the field to try and make that play. So yes. All right, cool. All right, let's 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 talk about some of these uh, like uh, integrating the the two sports. All right, so who's gonna have more? Uh, who, what's going to be higher here? 
the Golden Knights, the Las Vegas Golden Knights hockey team, uh, goal total against the Capitals or Tom Brady touchdowns? <laughs> Man, I don't, I don't know how good the uh, the Caps are on, on the defensive side, but uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Brady touchdowns. Uh, I think <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if if he gets three, and I think that that'll be that'll be quite a bit. Okay. So uh, I'm gonna go with Brady touchdowns. Give me the Golden Knights. I'll take him. <laughs> All right. So um, I saw this one for basketball. LeBron versus Houston. Harden versus Cleveland. Trey Young versus Texas. They uh, Adding up their points, assists, and rebound totals. Um, that the, All three of those combined uh, versus the combined po- to- uh, point total of both the Eagles and the Patriots. I might take Harden. Um, I don't know – if I would take Trey Young and LeBron, because Harden's been hot right now. Yeah, I agree. Trey Young's going against Texas. They've got Mo Bamba, good rim defender. I don't think Trey Young uh, and LeBron. LeBron's a maybe Harden. I think I would take Harden. Yeah. All right. Westbrook, George, and Anthony point totals versus the the Los Angeles Lakers or Gronkowski's receiving yards. Which one's going to be higher? Uh, I'll go with Gronk. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with Gronk too. In that, um, Westbrook, George, and Anthony are they're they're consistent. <laughs> All right, total number of Donald Trump tweets five and a half is the over and under. You think Donald Trump's gonna tweet uh, more than five and a half times during the game? Is that from like kickoff to final second off the clock? Yeah. Uh no, I think he'll I think he'll tweet less. I I think we get maybe one after the national anthem. Well, the national anthem's before the actual kickoff, so uh maybe we get something at halftime. But uh, I think overall he's going to be watching the game, and he'll have people there to keep him distracted while watching the game. <laughs> Give me the over on that. <laughs> Trump loves the tweet. I'll take the over. <laughs> All right, first first song from Justin Timberlake for the halftime show. You know what? Give me "Rock Your Body" with Justin Timberlake. <laughs> what, what do you think? Oof. So the uh, options: "Can't Stop the Feeling" plus one fifty, "Sexy Back" plus one seventy five, "Rock Your Body" plus four hundred, "Crimea River" plus five hundred, "Mirrors" plus five fifty, "Filthy" plus seven fifty, "True Colors" plus eight hundred, "Never uh, Love Never Felt So Good" plus nine hundred, "The Field" any other song plus two hundred. Uh. Man, I like sexy back. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll take it. Um, Pink's hair color. I'm gonna go with white, uh, white and or blonde. Yeah, I think that's what I'll go with too. I I know she's an Eagles fan, and there's speculation that it might be a little green, but I think she's gonna stick with the white blonde. <laughs> I give you that one. All right, the Nielsen rating being over or um, over or under forty four and a half. I think that's what forty four and a half million people had to watch. Yeah. Uh, man, that's really close. I I'm, I guess I'll go under. I think the Patriots fatigue might hurt might hurt the ratings a little bit. Okay, I'll I'll go under as well. Which is kind of, it's 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 kind of been like the trend this year. We've been seeing some dips in some of the NFL ratings. All right, last one. What would you take the coin flip? Heads or tails? I think that so we've this is Super Bowl fifty what fifty one, fifty two. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think I saw. 50. So 
So I think I saw there's been 27 tails and I think 23 or 24 um, heads. And the NFC, right. the NFC wins the coin flip a lot more than the AFC. Yeah, the Patriots have actually lost the coin toss in six of the last eight Super Bowls. Yeah. Uh, I know I know Brady is a big heads guy, uh, but I'm a tails guy. I'm going to go tails. <laughs> yeah, I'll take tails too. All right, buddy. You want any, you got any more props you want to throw in there? Uh, over under how many times I cuss about the offense play calling. <laughs> Four or five. 4.5. I'm going to go over. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to complain. So we'll see. Uh, and then I'll definitely have a big bellyache after all of the uh, food that I eat, too. So that's a, a certain bet. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. I'll take the over on the national anthem, too. <laughs> all righty. All right, buddy. It's, it's, been, it's been fun doing these football podcasts with you. Yeah, absolutely, and I'd be happy to do a post-mortem after the uh, the season's concluded here, getting into draft season. For sure, definitely. We'll have to set something up. Um, but, yeah, we'll see We'll see how, how the Super Bowl goes. I'm excited our team made it, the Patriots. And, That's uh, right. It's going to be a good one. Do you think uh, there's any chance Brady or Belichick retire after this game? No. I, I think that they've both got, at minimum, another two seasons each. I agree. Giselle needs to keep her mouth shut. Giselle, she's got to stop putting retirement in Tom Brady's head. (laughs) The guy is the the best of all time. He's he's not going to quit when he's on top. (laughs) Yeah, I think think it it just makes – I don't think they would have traded Garoppolo if if that was the case. So I'm just going to go with – you know, I think at minimum two more seasons. I think it will probably be more than that, but – I put the over under it at at least like two and a half, three seasons. All right, cool. All right, buddy, let's wrap it up. I was, I was already glad, I was really glad to have you on. Um, it's been a pleasure. I uh, I wish you the best in your law school studying today too. And and you know what, dude, stay safe out there. I know you mentioned it's been really cold, icy. You slipped. I'm real sorry about that. Yeah, it's been. It's yeah, been... it's all right. I'm probable for game time. I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, dude. Stay strong. <laughs> All right, pal. It was my pleasure, and uh, enjoy the game. All right, you too, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Yep. All right, take it easy. Thanks, everyone, for listening to episode 28 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. I hope you enjoyed that podcast and enjoy the game on Sunday as well. Thanks again to Jake Kelly for coming on the podcast with me. It's been a lot of fun doing this this season. Looking forward to having him on the podcast again in the future. Other than that, Now everybody just go out, have a great day, and always remember to be vicious. 